What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. This is Tanner from TanManBaseballFan.com and Beckett. Beckett the uh, Beckett the Great is on my lap right now. Um, super, super busy nowadays, and it just uh, so I'm having a hard time uh, getting through everything. I had to go th go through some uh, talking through some things with uh, with Holly last night that had to do with our uh, uh, personal life, and so that kind of took away uh, some exercise time for me to do a podcast and today I'm in the middle of uh, restoring a, a website with some issues uh, that I'm dealing with for a client while uh, I'm here at home with Beckett uh, <laughs> and uh, Holly and Atticus are off to jiu-jitsu class. So we've got like a lot of stuff going on, but I figured as long as Beckett's not crying, um, he's like looking at this phone right now, just like in awe, <laughs> like what is this thing? Uh, so as long as he's not going to be uh, crying like crazy, and I apologize if he is, I'll, I'll try to stop this and, uh, um, you know, pause until he's done. But I figured I'd uh, get started with another podcast here. Um, so it's the it's the Tanner and Beckett podcast, uh, episode number one with us together. <laughs> so uh, I want to start off because I I had a very intriguing um, message from somebody named Anthony, and he left a voice message uh, on this podcast. So by the way, if you go to my podcast on anchor.com, I guess, or anchor.fm, I don't really know exactly what it is, um, but you can click leave a voicemail. Uh, it's up to a minute long. Do that for me if you don't mind. If you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer them online. So um, the question that Anthony had was regarding um, how do you, like what do you do if you have like a special attachment to some baseball cards that you might have pulled or, or otherwise? So I thought this would make a good springboard into my uh, next topic here for this anyways. Uh, so Anthony, thank you for for reaching out and asking the question. Um I completely get it. I understand when you pull up, uh, when you pull cards, uh, sometimes uh, they have like a special attachment or meaning to them. Um, and that's completely understandable. Uh, so my question is, it, or my, my suggestion basically, it just kind of really depends on, on what you're trying to do. Um, so, and hang on, let me readjust Becky here real quick and we'll uh, get back to this. I'm going to try to walk him around a little bit. Uh, before my arm falls off here, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so so yeah, one thing that I think is a is a great idea um, when you have cards that you pulled that have found special meaning uh, that you found special meaning for just because you pulled them. If that's your only emotional attachment to them, my recommendation would be just sell them. You know, especially if they're not one of ones. So, and I'll give you an example. Um, there's a 2007. Uh, SP rookie uh, signature card of Tim Linscombe that I pulled. Uh, that was an autograph back in 2010, 2011. It's when Linscombe was like a really big deal. And I was super excited, of course, because he was the man back then. Um, but the thing was, is I mean, like anybody with like 100, 150 bucks or whatever could pick one up on eBay. Uh, same goes for uh, 2010 Bowman Chrome. I, I went Strasburg hunting on all of the at all the targets and Walmarts back in 2010 2011 got all the 2010 uh, Bowman blasters I could get and I I pulled a uh, purple refractor during Strasburg mania which you know that was a big deal too um, the only attachments I had to Lindsay and Strauss were the fact that I pulled them um, so they they weren't you know really particularly rare or anything. So what I did is I sold them 
at the height of their popularity with the understanding that if I wanted to get them back, I certainly could, um, but maybe when they cooled off. But uh, guess what? There's no interest in me having a 2010 Bowman Chrome Purple Refractor Strasburg or a 2007 SP Rookie Edition Tim Linskin uh, uh, autograph, which by the way, the Linskin was awesome. It was like in the, um, uh, it was in the, the design of 93 SP foil, like the Jeter is. So beautiful card, both of them were beautiful, but um, because the only interest I had in them uh, and value in them was because I pulled them, um, it was very easy for me to let go of them. Uh, so, and really just to kind of extrapolate from this idea out even further, um, you can really find meaning out of any cards uh, that you want. It really just kind of depends. Um, let me go ahead and hop into my office here. I'm going to walk around and I'm going to look at some Canseco cards. And I've got a desk uh, or a table behind my desk where just cards are strewn about. And uh, I'm trying to, trying to look here what I have. Um, so one that's like really meaningful to me um, is my 2017 uh, Leaf Q Jose Canseco. I'm looking at it right now. Um, it is, in my opinion, in my ever so humble opinion, <laughs> the best looking uh, Leaf card that I've ever laid my eyes on. Uh, it's a one of one. It's got gold holofoil and it's got my favorite piece. It's autographed also. But my favorite piece about it is the big jumbo uh, patch. It has uh, about half of the elephant sleeve patch logo, beginning with the beautiful gold A's uh, emblem right in the middle. So it's fun because, uh, because obviously Leaf can't use any logos, yet right there, the biggest uh, part of that card is the A's logo. <laughs> so I love it. And the funny thing is, is to the right of them, uh, the Canseco uh picture has the airbrushed um, picture because of course they, can, they can't show these logos inside uh, inside the picture. So uh, now the fact that it's quite possibly the beautiful, most beautiful uh, patch card of Canseco that I've ever seen, um, the story for me on that card uh, doesn't end there. The whole reason um, why it means so much more to me is because I remember when Leaf tweeted out this picture uh, on, on Twitter and yeah, cause you tweet on Twitter and not anywhere else, I guess, <laughs> um, on them interwebs. Uh, but anyways, I remember, uh, I think Brian Gray posted a picture before it was signed, uh, or something like that. And I just, my jaw dropped like, holy crap from a design perspective, a memorabilia perspective, an autograph perspective. It was perfect. Like there's nothing else that could have been uh, done to make this better. Um, I love it so much. So from that point on, I go, okay, I've got to do everything I can uh, to uh, acquire this card. So fast forward um, into the release date of 2017 Leaf Q, um, which by the way, y'all check that site uh, that uh, set out. It's incredible, especially for the flashback uh, cards. They're amazing. <laughs> like I still, I mean, you know, everybody's like, Oh, unlicensed. It's terrible. It's garbage. No, mm -mm. these are insane. In fact, I have the rainbow of these patch cards of Canseco. And I consider this to be the best hands down rainbow patch set of his ever. So anyways, uh, and, but I'm a design guy. So design means a lot to me and they just fit very well, perfectly all together. So, uh, anyways, uh, we decide as a family that we are going to go 
Yeah, you have anything to say about this? You, you might have heard Beckett in the background, but uh, anyways, uh, he's literally like a foot away from my phone here as I'm recording this, um, as I'm walking around. Uh, but uh, anyway, so we decide to uh, go to Legoland in Florida for vacation in 2017. Now, much to my chagrin, this ended up being when Leaf was, uh, was being uh, released. Leaf Q. So it's like, oh no, if anybody, anybody, yeah, I know you're excited about this, aren't you, kiddo? Uh, if anybody is excited as much as I am about this set, um, about this card in particular, I'm in big trouble because this is going to go for big money. So um, I was like checking my phone all the time and I remember we were actually in Legoland, which by the way, y'all check it out. It's a great place. And we are uh, Lego holics here. Atticus loves Legos. He's turning 17 tomorrow, and you know I'm sure he'd be tickled if he got a bunch of Legos. <laughs> so it's pretty great. We uh, we do we that's how we roll over here. But anyway, so we're walking uh, in Legoland, and sure enough, it pops up. Oh my gosh! And y'all, it is $1,500 for this card. And so I go, oh man, I don't know about this. That's pretty steep, but I was like, well, if there ever was a card uh, to get, um, then uh, for that money, for me, this is it. So I end up getting it. And uh, it took a little while for me to justify the price and everything. I was like, no, no, I've got to do it. No, I can't do that. But I was like, well, what would I feel like if I missed it? If I missed the most beautiful patch card of Kinseiko that I've ever seen? So I pulled the trigger. Um, luckily, I had some discounts and coupons and stuff for eBay. So that helped uh, quite a bit on the purchase. But when I got it, I just remember, like, I was so excited because I had picked up the card that I wanted the most, almost ever. Uh, and, uh, you know, I remember waiting to come home and, you know, find the card uh, in my mailbox or whatever. So come home, get the card, pull it out, and it is just... It delivers. It is so beautiful. It is perfect and perfect in every way. And I just couldn't have loved it anymore. So, <laughs> so when I uh, when I sold out, um, the thing was for me was I uh, um, put that for sale also. And I think I uh, told a few super collectors I'd be willing to do. I don't remember twelve hundred to fifteen hundred. Uh, and ultimately, what ended up happening was me saying, "Nope." I'm going to keep this because at some point along the line, I decided I'm going to keep a few of these special Conseco cards. I don't have to sell these, you know, especially the ones I really, really, really love. So I kept it and uh, that's my story on that specific card. So for me to sell that card in general, like not only is it the most beautiful Conseco patch card that I've ever seen, um, it also has a really cool story. Just a fun story that I was on vacation when it, when it came up and I was the one that, that got it from, you know, the first person that pulled it and uh, it survived me even offering it up for sale, which is insanity to me. Um, and really just uh, to speak to that point, I think the only reason why it survived through me putting it up for sale to begin with is because I had flooded the market with like the most ridiculous one of one Conseco's ever. So, <laughs> so I'm super happy that one uh, fell through the cracks and uh, for other collectors and stayed with me. Um, but I mean, even like, let me tell you about this other card here too. And hang on one second, let me readjust Beckett. 
What you doing, huh? What are you doing? You look at some more baseball cards? Of course you do. Okay. So another one is a 1997 uh, Pinnacle, totally certified, uh, platinum gold. Now that is one of my Holy Grail cards. And I remember there was, uh, I think there was a user by the name of Athletics08. If I remember correctly, I could be getting that wrong. And yeah, I don't know. He'll probably not listen to this anyways. But if you are, you know, shout out to you. Thank you. Um, he told me that to be on the lookout uh, on ComC because at some point there's going to be a car, some A's cards or Conseco cards that might show up that are pretty rare. So I go, okay, all right, I'll do that. So I remember one night, like a weeks after that, I was checking ComC on my phone and sure enough, like, this card ends up in the sold section. I go, what the heck is going on? It was the 97 Platinum Totally Certified card. And uh, I go, oh no, I missed it. And then, but as I did some digging, apparently sometimes these cards will be stuck in a queue for sold out, at least a few years ago, I don't know about it anymore. Um, but before they actually go for sale, especially if somebody's doing a bunch of bulk. So. What I decided to do is I decided to stay up real late that night as well as almost all day the next day and along with a buddy of mine named Ryan who's a Will Clark Super Collector and we were just refreshing ComC like crazy until these cards came available. <laughs> so sure enough, um, I saw some Clarks pop so I, I called him and he was at the grocery store. Uh, he said that he would have missed it had I not said anything apparently. So um, yeah, super happy to be able to Help that out, help him out with those uh, Clarks. So he picked up some cool Clarks that way. Um, the uh, uh, I think I took a nap at some point late afternoon, and when I woke up, uh, like within ten minutes, that card popped along with like this stream of other uh, cards. Now the difference with uh, the nine seven Pinnacle totally certified platinum card um, is uh, is mine does not does not have a number, so it means it's. Uh, Probably a, a proof or prototype of some sort. The rest are serial number to 30. For me personally, um, that's perfect for my collection. I love it because it's quite possible that's the only one out there that's ever been made without a serial number. Um, there are other people that believe different uh, from me that they think that they're lesser than the pack pulled versions of cards. For me, that adds to the allure and the mystery that this card is not supposed to have ever seen the light of day. So I loved it so much because of that. Um, but anyway, so I got that. And interestingly enough, I ended up picking up a handful of other cards too that were really rare. And uh, I was so pumped about it. I mean, it was just, it was awesome. But unfortunately, the problem is, um, and here, let me readjust the back here real quick and I'll continue with my story. Um, I'm telling y'all, like, he's five months old and he's getting heavy. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's eating good, but um, anyway, so uh, unfortunately, the 97 Pinnacle Certified uh, Platinum Gold, uh, totally certified, didn't make it past or didn't make it through the um, my selling rounds to stay with me. Uh, but so I sold it. But one thing that was great was I was able to go to the uh, to the buyer, and I ended up trading a game used autographed helmet of Jose Canseco back for that card. Now, if that doesn't tell you how much these baseball cards mean to me, that I would trade away that kind of uh, um, uh, memorabilia for it, then I don't know what does. But anyway, so that card to me, 
uh, hold special meaning, especially the seller. Um, not sure if I could um, uh, say exactly who the seller was to begin with um, when I first got the card, but that adds more significance to me, um, as does uh, actually selling it, then getting it back. And I gotta say, y'all, it is just one of the most beautiful 90s cards ever, and that's a, saying a lot. So, um, you know, to kind of go back, what are you doing, huh? You have something to say? You gonna say it in the phone? You struggling? Okay. Um, let me readjust back here again. Oof. Come on, kiddo. There we go. Okay. So, um, uh, to go back to what Anthony was saying, uh, the thing that's really, uh, uh, the, the thing that uh, makes me not want to sell those is number one, both of those are, are one of ones or quite possibly one of ones. Um, the 2017 Leaf Q is one of one. The 97 Pinnacle uh, Platinum is quite possibly a one of one, being that's the only one that doesn't have a serial number most likely out there. Um, and plus, it's got a, uh, a seal on the top that says, you know, peel off. It's got peel, I guess you could say, on the top of it. Uh, mine is the only one I've ever seen that has the words right side up. So it's kind of fun that way too. So those cards to me have special meaning. And the special meaning to me in those cards have overcome my desire to want to get rid of them. Um, ever, even though I could really do really well on both of them, especially now, I think. Um, I think both of them would go uh, quite a bit better than, you know, I would have if I was, uh, uh, whenever I was selling them in the midst of selling everything else. So those cards have a lot of meaning to me uh, because of the stories. Not because I pulled them, but just because of how they got into my collection and how the 97 actually came back in my collection. Now, um, I have piles of these other cards that I got rid of that I loved, but it didn't really hurt uh, hurt me getting rid of them because I knew there were others out there and I could always get them again. So, um, and really, if you look at any card, like I was saying to begin with, you can almost give meaning to any type of card that's in your collection now. Like, oh, my kid and I pulled this together or... Oh, you know, I remember that uh, I got this from Christmas from a box that my wife gave me. Or, oh, this one card is, uh, is from my childhood. Um, you know, I, I understand. I get it. And it's not bad to get rid of those. But when it comes to cards like that, a lot of times, like for me, for instance, the uh, 2007 Liz Kim, 2010 Strasburg. Um, hang on one second, guys. Sorry. Um, Anyway, so whenever you have uh, these types of cards come up, uh, like the, you know, 07 Linscom or the 2010 Strasburg, for me, the memory uh, is the best part of it, not necessarily just the card, um, especially if you don't have any other emotional attachment to them. So what that means for me is I like to take pictures of the cards and maybe write about them. And so that just kind of becomes a memory. And so the memory is what's what's most important to me personally. So, um, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is tracking with y'all. Like there's one other card that was, uh, not really worth anything. I remember in 1989, I sent out a through the mail request autograph for Conseco. Uh, and I invited him to my, uh, ninth birthday, I guess, uh, party. And sadly he didn't come, which is unfortunate. Uh, but he did autograph the card. The problem was, is my mom, I think, suggested I wrap the card in cellophane. 
It was a 1989 Flare card, and Canseco signed it on top of the cellophane. <laughs> I was upset, and what's hilarious, y'all, is like, yeah, it took like two months to get back, which is like an eternity for nine-year-olds, right? Uh, but the funny thing was, is like, I never, ever in a million years thought of just getting another stamp, 25 cents at the time, and sending off another card. Uh, but then again, that 89 Fleer card or 88 Donners, all those were like uh, gold to me back then. So, <laughs> but anyways, uh, I had it up until probably about seven years ago, I think, or so, and then I sold my entire collection. And there's part of me that wishes I didn't sell that card, but really, uh, and I think you've, it, this takes a little bit of mental discipline, is to remember that it's okay that those cards are gone because you still have the memory. You know, so that's where I am with this. The memories are most important. So to keep those memories alive, take pictures, write about them, um, talk about them. Like the 89 Fleer card wrapped in cellophane will not do me any good um, uh, here. Though if I had a choice, I mean, I'd love to pick it up again. But, uh, you know, again, it's not important. It's the, the memory and the story is. So uh, anyways, Anthony, I hope that answers your question as far as where I come from on it. I, uh, I appreciate the question. Um, I, uh, I think that's going to hopefully be valuable to those that are listening. Um, because last thing we want to do is we, we don't want to have our collections clogged uh, with cards that are not meaningful to us, but might have some sort of uh, special place with us because of uh, we pulled them or this or the other. Um, so I guess it's really a judgment call for anybody. Uh, on a case-by-case -case basis, but um, anyways, that's where I'm coming from. So uh, thank you everybody for listening. I hope you all have a great day.